Alrighty. Today is the last Sunday in the month of January. Who's excited? It's nearly Christmas, guys. Come on. I am so... Um, who's looking forward to their next holiday? Let me see. Show of hands. Wow. He's like, check over the crowd. Um, man, how many of you guys have kids in like the last grade? I know, I'm, you know some people are going, don't do that, Milo. But Milo will do crazy stuff. So, so there's quite a few of us that are looking at our kids and going, oh my gosh, it's nearly time for them to start paying rent and like buying us cars and cooking. Um, do any of you guys have kids that actually cook at home? Okay, I'm moving in there. Or well, I'm sending my kids to you guys to teach mine how to cook. Uh, my oldest son, he, he makes eggs. He makes the world's most amazing eggs. And bolognese. Never mind, I'm keeping mine. My mind is good. Apparently, they, it's so good, I just don't get when there is. Alrighty. So today, we are starting a brand new series. And it's not only a series that we're going to be kicking off today. But today, I, I, I want to start off by, by chatting to you guys. And then we're going to be preaching. And, and then we're going to be thinking. Uh, because what we're going to be talking about today is going to be setting the tone for the rest of the year because um, we all believe we need a vision to work towards. How many of you guys know that? We need something to work towards, and, and I don't know what you guys are working towards this year, but I want to share what God has placed on our hearts for this church as we move through 2022. So uh, before we get started, can we open up in prayer quickly? So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us. We thank you that you care about us. We thank you that you are pro us. You, you believe in us more than what we believe in ourselves. And so we pray as we open up your word, as we look at this year, uh, encourage us, move us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So at the end of every year, um, my wife and I, we take time and we, and we spend time with God and we seek his face and uh, we, we ask, Lord, what is it that you want us to do and how do you want us to lead the church going in the next year to come? You see, we can't wait for a year to start before we go, hey, what are we going to do? We have to get ourselves ready before the year starts. So Alison and myself, we took some time and uh, God gave us a word for the year, and, and it's kind of the direction we're going to be leaning in. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, open up to Ephesians. We're going to just have a look at a very short passage, and then I'm going to read a very long passage. So um, turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to be reading from verse 20. Um, if you don't have your Bibles, you've got it up on screen. And this is what it says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Who's got a great imagination? Who likes asking for stuff? Free stuff? Who's got kids that love asking for stuff? Who is a kid that likes asking for stuff? Uh, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory 
in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This year, this is our verse. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Because we are going to believe as a church that God is going to do something great. Not just for Prodeo, but for each and every person that is sitting here and that is not sitting here. We believe that God is going to be doing something so much more for each and every one of us. Immeasurably more. Do you guys know what the word immeasurably means? I thought it was like a really slang word for I can't measure this. Because that's what it says. We won't be able to measure how much more God can do for us. So this year, the word that we are going to be taking into 2022 is more. 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 What is, what is more? We are believing for more for our church, more for Prodeo, more for each and every one of you. We um, had, um, we, we had a, our volunteers come together yesterday and we, we had asked them to, to when, they come in, when they come to our place, to bring a bucket with, a container. And so, you know, everybody asked, like, what size should we bring it? And, and we said, whatever size you want to bring, but you need to bring a container. Some of them brought um, ice cream dishes. Some of them came with packets. Some of them came with nothing. So we gave them a packet. And then there was one person that came with a bucket. And the whole thing behind it is, we can't tell you the size of your expectation. You have to come with that. And then when they came to our house, we had this bucket filled with sweets, chocolates, um, chips, everything. And you had to take the bucket you brought and fill it up to the brim. We didn't tell you when to stop. And so the, the people that didn't brought, we gave them little jiffy bags. <laughs> but this is the thing. We are expecting more for each and every one of you. What do you want from Jesus? What do you want him to do in your life? We are expecting him to do so much more. More faith, more love, more Jesus, more of his presence, more growth, more reach. We want more for each and everybody. So quickly, who's got a notebook? If you've got a notebook, who's got a phone? Take out your phone. And what I'd like you guys to do is I'd like you to make a note quickly. Because if I ask you guys to go and do this at home, how many of you guys know life is crazy? So by the time you guys walk out here, you're not going to do this. So quickly make a note and put this on top more. This is our word for the year. And then under it, I want you to write what you are expecting of God this year. What do you want more of him? And I want you guys to be real. Don't be like, don't be too spiritual now. Just, you know, I, I want angels to carry me. But what do you want more this year from the Lord? What is it that you are expecting from God? You see, I'm expecting God to do great things. And we might even think, you know what? 
What I've got is enough. What God is doing is enough in my life. Uh, but there's so much more. God's got so much more in store for each and every one of you. It, it's, it's okay to read a Bible verse. It's okay to go home and, and pray once in a while. It's okay to come to church, but it's not enough. It's not enough. We are expecting so much more for God to work in your life. So, you guys know, if, if we say more, what is Milo going to ask us to do? And like everybody's going, oh. Because there's something that I've come to realize is there's always got to be a big ask. What is a big ask? It's like, hey guys, are you guys willing to, to jump in and help us do certain things? And, and I know it's very daunting for a lot of you guys. Because uh, we were chatting with a couple of people, and it's like, what do we do to, to reach more? And, and a lot of guys are like, we should go to robots and hand out stuff. I see people take their masks, <laughs> hiding in their masks right now. And, and, and yes, it is scary. And to some, that is what they want God to do in their lives more. This is how we reach more. And to some people, that is not what we want to do. But check this out. In our pursuit of more, especially more of Jesus, there are certain things that we still have to do. So, remember I told you we're going to read a very small passage and then a very long passage. So quickly, turn with me to the book of Mark. In Mark, we're going to be in chapter 6. We're going to be reading from verse 31, and this is what it says. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him, all they had done and taught. The apostles, these are the disciples, God's, Jesus' hand-picked men. They called the apostles, and I'll explain that later. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it is already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate 
and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Very, very familiar passage. But today I want us to, as we talk about more, I want to use a few minutes to just encourage you guys about more through this topic. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. My heading is, I didn't know I needed that. Okay, interaction time. What do you want more of this year? Shout it out to me. Come on, what do you want more of? Anybody? Alison, no one wants to talk to me. My babe. You want more shoes? She wants more shoes. That is brilliant. Anybody else? Who wants more of something? Come on. Sorry? You want more time? Wow. Okay, okay. Um, guys, I, you know, we've got this building for the whole day. I see there's so many of you. Come on. Someone else in the cheap seats. What do you guys want? More of anybody, hey? Health, more health. So we've got shoes, health, time. What do you guys want? Patience. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one to pray for. Who wants more money? They're coming. Oh, now we see the real people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what else do you want more of? Come on, guys. Can we be real? Hey? More energy. Yeah. Hey, who wants more time outside the gym but with the better body? Hey, there we go. Come on. This is, this is what we want. Everybody's expecting for more this year. You know, I want to be a whole lot stronger, faster, leaner. I want to look like Milo. He's amazing. <laughs> but have you ever wanted more of something that you didn't think you needed before? Like, has there ever been something that you crave now and you go, I want more of this, like food? I, I, I don't know what food you like, what kind of food you like, and that you've never eaten before, but after eating that, you go, man, I didn't know I needed that. I want more. How many of you guys have experienced something like that before? In my house, I make this, I am an amazing husband. And my wife is like, I want more of this, my love, for you to cook. So I did decide I'm going to do that. So I make this dish. It's just called... Lemon butter chicken. And it's a simple dish. It's got lemon, butter, and chicken. But within the sauce, the lemon butter sauce, is a whole bag of spinach. How many of you guys love spinach? Who has kids that love spinach? And so um, I made this dish, and now my kids don't love vegetables at all. There's something wrong with them, because I know you guys. I see all these kids healthy, jumping around. They've got muscles like Popeye, and my kids don't like vegetables. So I made this dish one day, and my middle son, um, he's the eater in the house. And he comes up to us, and, and so I knew they wouldn't eat spinach, so we made them their own dish, a pasta dish. But they scoffed it down so fast, and ours was just coming out the oven. And my second son goes, what is that? I'm like, it's chicken. Like, can I have some? I'm like, oh, dude, I don't know if you'd like it. He's like, can I just taste the sauce? So I take the spoon, 
and I, I put some sauce on and I give it to him. But in it is like, I'm like, everything. Because I don't really like sharing. How many of you guys love sharing your food? I'm in that family where my wife likes my food more than what she likes hers. And so I've had to get used to that. So I put everything on the spoon and I give it to him. I'm like, this is mine. You will not like it. And he, and he puts it in his mouth and he goes, oh, can I have some? I'm like, no. He's like, please. So, so I give him some chicken with my lemon butter sauce with spinach in it. And he comes back and he goes, can I have more? I'm like, dude, you ate four bowls of pasta and now you want to eat my food. And then since then, all my kids do is they ask, hey, are we having lemon butter chicken and can we have some? And I've, I've told people this before. We used to start off with one of those packs of eight, you know, of thighs and drumsticks. And we just used to cook that. We go through two of those in one sitting with my family now because they love lemon butter chicken. They didn't love spinach, but now they do. And so they ask for more. So there's this whole thing of is like, I didn't know I needed that because it is so healthy for them, but they love it because dad cooks really nice. So do you, mom. That more, wow. So as we, as we look at this thing of, I need more, and we are expecting more. We're looking at this passage where Jesus does a miracle and feeds 5,000 men. And the reason they say 5,000 men is because, if you think about it, there were a whole lot more people. There were men, there were women, there were kids. There was a multitude. And Jesus feeds them. And this is the only miracle that is in all of the Gospels, besides Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection. And so this is a very important miracle that we want to have a look at. But I want us to use the disciples' experience as an example of what we need as we look at more. Because they didn't realize that they needed and what they needed is what we need at this moment, is what I need. And so the first thing we want to have a look at is that I need more of his presence. They didn't know they needed that. You see, the disciples just came back from a ministry trip that Jesus sent them on. He sent them into the towns, two by two, and the big giraffes and the kangaroo. No, no, different story. Um, so he sends them into town, two at a time, and they go and preach. They go and heal. They do miracles. They cast out demons. And they are so excited about what they have done, they come back to Jesus and they go, this is what happened. But they just couldn't tell him because while they're trying to tell Jesus what is happening, more people are coming. How many of you guys have experienced that? You've had a very busy week. And all you want to do is just lay on the couch and chill. And then the kids. Dad, mom's busy. We can't find her. Will you make us food? Or if you live in my house, 
Ellie just puts up her feet immediately. I would walk in. It's like, oh, just so you know, we've got people coming over for coffee. And like, oh. But you see, they couldn't rest. They couldn't do anything. You see, the disciples understand what you go through. And so we're going to be looking at what, what they were going through and what they needed. You see, they didn't know they needed more of his presence. They came back from ministry and they were tired. It says that they couldn't even eat. And then Jesus says something, and this is the key of what I want to talk about. He goes, come with me and let's go and have some rest. He doesn't go, you go away, go and sleep, and when you are ready, come back. The key there is Jesus says, come with me. It's talking about we need to get into his presence. When you are tired, you need to get into his presence. Matthew 11 says this, and now it's not on screen, because I want to paraphrase it. Milo's emphasis, it goes, in Matthew 11, he says, you, are you tired? Are you fed up? Have you had a crazy day? Come to me, and I will give you rest. See, we need more of his presence. Um, How many of you guys know that feeling of like, I need a holiday after my holiday. It's because we don't clutch out on holidays. We are very busy on holidays. But this is the thing. Go on holiday, but don't go on holiday from Jesus. Read your Bible and pray. We need to get into his presence. Because only in his presence do we find rest. My parents came and visited in uh, December. And for those who don't know, my dad is a very busy person. Um, So at 5 o'clock one morning, he was busy. He already started cleaning the garage. (laughs) And I heard this doof, doof, doof. And so I got up, went to the bathroom, and guess I was such a good son. What did I do? I closed my door and I went back to bed because I wanted rest. But then my mom wakes up and she goes, hey, dude, come sit with me. So we sit, we sat, and we chatted, and my mom is the one who's like, this is what the Word says. This is what we experienced. So we got into like a little bit of a discussion, and we started praying and just talking about the Bible. And then by the end of that, my dad comes out and he's like, come see what I have done. And then we all got in and we started working. Because this is the thing. We want to go away, but we want to go away without Jesus. Jesus says, come with me. And I will give you rest. So we need to make sure that when we get there, we get there with Jesus. Don't leave Jesus alone. You see, rest is found in his presence, not outside of it. So we need more of his presence. Because God's presence doesn't only give us rest. It fuels us for what is still to come. Because check this out. God says, come with me and let's go rest. And what's the first thing that happens? When they land, there are more people. How many of you guys have ever experienced that? You go on holiday hoping to see no one, and the first person you see is people from work. I don't know if it works like that in Cape Town, but where we come from, from Secunda, Secunda's a dorpy. It's small. And when everybody goes on holiday, they all go to the same place, apparently. And we travel all the way to like somewhere in Pretoria. I like, I know no one here. We get there, and as I climb out the car, Milo, 
What are you doing here? I don't know. My GPS took me the wrong place. I'm going back to Secunda. But you see, the thing is, we need his presence because it gives us rest and it fuels us. But also, the next thing that they didn't realize they needed is like, and the same is for us, is like, I need not only his presence, but I need the pressure. How many of you guys like pressure? Milo, are you crazy? Life is busy already. Why would I like more pressure? Firstly, pressure reveals what's inside of you. When there is pressure and you squeeze stuff, we love these videos where they take um, anything, like a can, a bowling ball, and they put this, um, I don't know what they call it, this press on it, and they push it down, and then you see what comes out of it like things like in baseball, soccer balls, um, bowling balls. What is inside of you when there is pressure? You see, the disciples didn't know something that Jesus knew. And the only way they could find out what God knew about them is to go through pressure. When Jesus saw the crowd, he didn't say, you know, like most of us, quick hide. You know, when people pitch up at your house uninvited, you know, you switch off the lights and you just like, stop, drop, and roll, and disappear. No, Jesus goes, I've got compassion. And that is what we need to find out. What is inside of us when there is pressure? When they squeeze us, what comes out? And this is what I want you to hear. I want you to have more of Jesus in his presence. But realize it's not about me. Because when it becomes about me, I become comfortable. And I don't want to become comfortable in Jesus' presence. Because when I become comfortable in his presence, I forget exactly about who he is. You see, when we first met Jesus, we had this passion this passion to do stuff, this passion, we come early and it's exciting. But when passion fades, we lose compassion and we get comfort. We get comfortable. Someone else will do it. Someone else will pick up the slack. Compassion is always followed by miracles. Wherever you read in the New Testament where Jesus had compassion, something massive was about to happen. And this is what we say, we only find that when there's pressure around us. How many of you guys work better under pressure? But some of us find out just how amazing we are under pressure because we're constantly running at a decent pace and it's comfortable. But when the pressure gets put on, we understand what is happening So number one, we need pressure because it shows us what's in us. And secondly, it shows us what we're made of, how much we can take. You see, the disciples came back from doing a miracle. And when the multitude came, they didn't know how to because they focused on themselves and what they couldn't do instead of focusing on who was with them. When we become comfortable, 
we don't realize what we can do. So they go, Jesus goes, I've got compassion. They go, send them away. When there's pressure on you, don't send people away. Invite them in. Who had a crazy week this week? How many of you guys are making lunch this afternoon? Okay, I know where you stay. I know where you stay. I know where you stay. But don't push people away. Have compassion. You see, Jesus knows what you are capable of doing. So when they said, Lord, what should we do? Send them away. What is Jesus' response? You feed them. I know you make a lack of poiki. I know you can bry. That casserole, ooh, lasagna. Anybody love a nice lasagna? Just, hey, Becky, put my daughter's hands up first. Like, I love lasagna. But Jesus goes, you've got what they need. And we only discover this when there is pressure. We find out that we have what other people need. We are stronger than what we think we are. Have you ever thought about this? The multitude needed the miracle, but the disciples needed the multitude. Because they were comfortable and okay with just doing enough. You know, we did what you told us to do, Lord. We went into the towns. We prayed for people. We saw them get healed. We drove out demons, and we backed to tell you how awesome we are. But if it wasn't for the pressure of the multitude, we would have never had this account of what God can do through you. And that is why we need his pressure. So to discover more about themselves, they needed pressure. So in your pursuit of more, no, you need his presence. You need pressure. And then I was looking for another word with a P. <laughs> we need pieces. These guys, they go to Jesus and they go, this is what we did, but feed me first. I'm hungry. How many of you guys have ever come home and been famished and just needed something and your wife said, we're not going to have KFC tonight and you're like, Lord, this woman you have given me, she doesn't submit. These guys were hungry. How many of you guys know when guys are hungry, they are grumpy? That is why they couldn't think. That is why they wanted to send them away. How many of you guys were hungry and you finally get a sandwich and then someone else comes and they go, can we have some of that? I remember growing up in school, I don't know if you guys did this, who swapped sandwiches at school? Hey, I remember growing up in school, everybody's sandwiches were always better than mine. You know, I had a friend, his mom always used to put like curry and that on his sandwiches. I, I didn't used to swap my sandwiches. I used to eat mine on the bus to school and then get to school and I'm going, hey, what do you have? And I can, I'm, I can just picture this one guy, he goes, oh, 
It's you again. Why are you eating my food? How many of you guys have ever gone, oh, why are you coming to eat my food? I mean, we've got a big problem with food in our house. So they go, you know what, send him away. I need food. And Jesus goes, but hold up. Let me show you something. When we pursue more of his presence, when others get a miracle, we get an overflow. Because check this out. Everybody got their happy meal. The, um, what's a nice bread? Sourdough. To your butter bread. How many of you guys like garlic? What? what Brybroikies. You know, everybody got their brybroiki with their butter and their two pieces of yellowtail, snow cake. I don't know what you guys eat in this place. Everybody got their happy meal and they were happy. And then the disciples came, and each of them got a basket full of food. We started off hungry, but then we realized that the God we were with can do so much more than what we could ask for. They wanted food. Jesus said, wait, I'll give you more than that. I'll give you a buffet. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. If you want more in your life, know that God is going to use you beyond your capability. And when you think it's not working, you are going to be stuck with an overflow. Not just little, a whole lot more. And this is the thing I like about this verse. So it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, it carries on according to his power that is at work within us. He is working in you as he is preparing you. So he's going to ask you, just do a little bit more. But I've got so much more in store for you. Changing us, showing us what we need. Because when you are tired, you need more of Jesus. When you are working, he's saying, come on, let me show you what more you can do. Go, but Milo, I'm, I'm, I'm so busy at work. I'm like, that is okay. Maybe someone else that is busy at work that you just need to encourage, maybe. Remember last week we spoke about it is significant where you are. It's not insignificant. And there's always going to be an overflow. This year, we are trusting God for more. More. More comes at a price. You want patience? You're going to have to battle with more people that are going to give you the opportunity to show patience. You go, oh, Lord, stretch me. There's going to be more people that are going to require things from you, require your time, require your services, require your prayer. Whatever you want more of. If you want more shoes, you're going to work for it, woman. But God's got more in store for us. And just don't think, just don't have this in mind. It's like, oh, he's not giving me anything. Stop and have a look at what God has done in your life. And you will see the pieces 
of what you've prayed for is starting to come into being. What you've been expecting is here. You're going to have basketfuls of overflow of what God is doing in your life. Can we pray?